Hello and welcome to the podcast for Christ Community Church in Oak Ridge, Tennessee. My name is Lee Younger. I'm one of the pastors here, and this is a message that I gave on Sunday morning, May 1st, 2022, from 2 Peter in chapter 1. We are going to be in the book of 2 Peter, near the very, very end of your Bible if you want to follow along. Um, we're looking at 2 Peter chapter 1, and the reason that we're doing this, I was reading this book and a couple times through a few weeks ago and realized it's so cool. We mainly talk about Peter, the Apostle Peter's worst moments of his life, which came in kind of the, the two and a half years when he was walking around with Jesus before Jesus went to the cross and was raised from the dead. And then... Peter lived a long, long life and grew a lot and changed a lot. And then at the very end of his life, he wrote this letter to some some believers in Jesus, and he's a completely different dude. And so this is his, like, this is his swan song. These are his final words that we get from a guy who, yeah, he was was impetuous. He He put his foot in his mouth a lot, all that kind of stuff. And then he grew for a lot of years and changed a whole lot. And now we have this completely grown and changed guy and he's giving his kind of speech at his retirement party. This is it. These are the last words of the Apostle Peter. We, uh, we read the first kind of three sentences of this speech last week. We're going to pick it up in verse 5. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 5. He says, For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and to goodness, knowledge, and to knowledge, self-control. And to self-control, perseverance. To perseverance, godliness. And to godliness, mutual affection. And to mutual affection, love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But whoever does not have them is nearsighted and blind, forgetting that they've already been cleansed from their past sins. Sins. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and election. For if you do these things, you will never stumble, and you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Okay, now we have to go back. If you weren't here last week, we're going to do a little bit of review on what we talked about last time. Because the verses that we're looking at this week start out with the phrase, for this very reason. So we have to figure out, for what reason? What did we talk about last week? Okay, so here's what Peter did. He starts out the speech at his retirement party, his going away, his final words, his swan song, by saying to everybody, hey, you have been invited into a life. And you have been given a gift. And this gift is very precious. It's very costly. It's dear. And here's what you've been given. You have been given a faith. In other words, something amazing happened for you. Jesus did something for you so that your sins could be forgiven, so that you could be cleansed, so that you can be a part of the family of God. You didn't do anything to deserve that. You didn't do anything to earn it. You didn't level up. You didn't pay for it. He just paid for you and gave it to you as a gift. That is amazing and precious. Amen and amen. He says, but you got more. It's like one of those infomercials, but there's more. Not only did you get that, he said, you have also been given by his divine power everything you need to live a godly life. You are right now. Something amazing not only happened for you, something amazing happens with you. That God gives you his divine help to make it through whatever you're going through in your life. You received a faith. You are receiving help. Amen? Amen. Amen. But there's more. Just like the infomercials. 
He says, not only that, you also have received three gifts. You've also received his very great and precious promises. He's also made promises to you. Something amazing happened for you. Something amazing happens with you. And something amazing will happen to you when Jesus comes back, gets rid of this whole stupid world, and takes you to paradise forever with him. Isn't that amazing news? That's fantastic. That's how the speech starts out. You have been invited into this amazing journey. You just got it as a gift for free. You didn't have to do anything. It's like an all-expense-paid, all-inclusive trip to Sandals, Jamaica. Except, like, except way better than Sandals, Jamaica. Like, this is amazing. All your sins are paid for. You have help to make it through your life. And Jesus is coming back to get you and take you to paradise. Amazing. He says, for this very reason, all of that being true, you need to get packed. I'm giving you a pack list. That's what he's doing. He says, you've been given an all-expense-paid trip to the most amazing thing ever. So, you need to pack. Here's a question. When you guys were growing up, did any of you, did your mom give you like a specific pack list if you were going on a trip? Or did she just pack the bag for you? Anybody? Did anybody get a pack list? Anybody? Okay, you have to get the list. I always make a pack list for our kids. Like it's a very specific piece of paper. It has like, okay, we're taking a four day trip. So you need four to multiply by three, carry the two. You, need, you know what? Bring all your t-shirts. <laughs> All your undies, all your socks, just bring it all. And like I have numbers of things, three pairs of shoes, one raincoat. Yes, get a raincoat. And then there's boxes for each of their names. All the, you can't check it off the box, and you can't check the box until that thing is in your bag. Because if we did not do that, then we would show up at the beach or whatever, and they would have like, I don't know, like a blanket and like some fruit snacks and a football. <laughs> it's like we're here for five days. But when you go on a trip, you have to pack for the right trip. Like if you're going to the mountains, you got to have your hiking boots. If you're going to the beach, I guess some of you jokers might take a swimsuit. Miss me with that. I'm not getting in that water. I'm done with that. At about 38, I realized I don't have to go in there anymore. They have a pool at the place. I'm not going in the thing where everything wants to cut me or sting me or eat me see anything and if it does cut you then you'd salt in the wound like for the rest of the day my toes have a heartbeat like I, I do not want to know miss me with the I just need a book for the beach that's it I need a tent and a book see me in the shade um, yeah if you're packing for one thing you know if you're pack, if you're taking a trip to Vegas miss me with that too I don't want to keep the money you know I'm not doing that either but you got to pack for the right thing okay so you've been invited you've been given an entrance into this amazing family into this amazing journey you got to pack your bag here's your pack list he says for this very reason add to your faith goodness and to goodness knowledge and to knowledge self-control and to self-control perseverance and to perseverance godliness and to godliness mutual affection to mutual affection love pack all this stuff up and don't check it off until you packed it up okay so let's take a second hang with me we're gonna break down some of these words and just talk about the pack list what's on the list what does Peter want us to add to our faith to supplement to what you've already been given okay when he says add to your faith goodness that is a word that is translated to other places in the New Testament excellence it's like that place, some of you might remember in Philippians 4 when he says, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is, at the end of that list he says, whatever is excellent or praiseworthy. Think upon such things. 
It's that exact same word. Add to your faith goodness, excellence. It's a word that also means virtue. What he's saying is, okay, know how to be and be the best version of you. That's what we need to add to like our life experience. It's like, you know how to be. You're a grown person. You've been raised by people. Be the best version of you. Like add excellence onto this little journey that you're on. He says, add to, to your goodness, add knowledge. Like keep growing in what you know about Jesus and your faith. The words of Jesus, the teachings of Jesus. Just keep pouring them into yourself. Start at Matthew chapter 1, read the words and the teachings of Jesus. When you get to John chapter 21 and you're done, crank back over to Matthew chapter 1. If you don't have time to sit down and read them at a certain point in your day every day, put the earbuds in and let somebody read them to you. A couple of my favorites are the amazing actor David Suchet who will just read them to you. Like there's a free app of the Bible app if you choose, what is it, Janet, the NIV UK? If, if you choose the United Kingdom version of the NIV, then the amazing actor David Suchet will just read you the Bible. And it's so wonderful in his amazing accent. Or there's another one that I highly recommend on Spotify. It's called Streetlights Bible, which is like the whole New Testament with like a really groovy lo-fi hip-hop beat in the background. That one's also very cool. Okay, so like... Just the, the, like grow in your knowledge, like keep adding to it. Let the words and the teachings of Jesus constantly go in. It's like you've been given this faith, you're on this journey, now pack your bag, add goodness to it, add to your knowledge of who Jesus is and what were his words and what are his teachings. Goodness, knowledge, he says, add self-control. And you know what this means. It's just a word that means restraint or mastery. You know, sometimes you're like, somebody says something and you're like, you think of something to say back and you're like, oh, that'd be a good one. <laughs> and then you go ahead and say it and you're in trouble for like three weeks. And it's like, hey, it's time to start learning how to have exercise some restraint. So like, don't say everything that pops into your brain. Don't do everything that pops into your brain. Some of our best thinking got us into some of our biggest trouble. Amen? Yes. Add to your faith goodness and knowledge and self-control. He says, to self-control, add perseverance. This is a word that means, it's literally, the, the Greek words are just like, to stand up underneath. It's like, to put up with. It's a word that means endurance. It's like when you go on a long distance run, you're not gonna sprint the whole time, okay? I mean, like, you're gonna have to figure out, how am I gonna have to do this run so I can do the whole thing? I've got a lot to put up with. I'm gonna have to deal with some pain. I'm gonna have to deal with some breathing. I'm gonna have to deal with some hills if I live in Oak Ridge. And so I've got to think about this. I've got to be able to do this for a long time. It's hang onness. Like, I need to grow in the ability to put up with and to hang on. Maybe that means putting up with people. It probably means putting up with people. We need to add goodness, the best version of ourselves. We need to add knowledge, keep pouring in what we know about the words and teachings of Jesus. We need to add some restraint. We don't need to always do and say everything that pops into our brain. We need to add to our endurance, our perseverance. He says to perseverance, add godliness. Now this is a really, really interesting one because when I read that word, I thought it meant like, you know, like you need to be more like God. So I looked at the original language and the word God isn't in there at all. It's not actually saying to be like God, really. I mean, it's not like other places in the scripture where like in Ephesians chapter one, the apostle Paul says, mimic God and live a life of love. Your version probably says imitate, but literally the Greek word is mimic. 
That's where we get the word mimic from the Greek language. Mimic God, like do your best impression of him. That's not what this word is. This word combines the, the Greek word for good and the word for to venerate or to pay homage or to show respect. Like the good veneration. It's a word that you could translate like piety or devotion. Like be devoted to this thing. You got in for free. You didn't have to do anything for it. Pump up your devotion to it. Add, be the best version of yourself. Add to your knowledge of Jesus' words and his teachings all the time. Exercise some restraint. Grow in your endurance. Pump up your devotion to this thing. He says, and to that, add mutual affection. I love this word. This word, when you look it up in the original language, is literally the word Philadelphia. Like the city, Philadelphia. It is. And some of you probably know that the, uh, the nickname for the city of Philadelphia is what? The city of brotherly love. That's because in the Greek language, the, one of the words for love is the word philos. And that's like friendship love. And then the word adelphos means brother. The love you have for your brothers. The love you have for your brothers and sisters. That kind of affection of like, I would do anything for my brothers. Like that thing. Grow in that. Just mutual affection. And he said, and then to mutual affection, add love. And it's that word agape. It's the word that they pulled off the shelf and dusted off to apply to the love Jesus showed to people because there had never been a love like it ever. And they were like, we got to just find a word because the way Jesus loves people is like nothing else we've ever seen. He said, love people like Jesus does. Okay, so to wrap back up. Peter says, you have been given an all-expense-paid trip into the most amazing journey ever, where all your sins are forgiven. And God is helping you walk through your life. And he's going to come back and get you and take you to paradise forever. Now, you need to get packed. And you're like, wait a minute. All the stuff that you said I got, like, it sounds like I'm good. Like, all my sins are forgiven. I got divine help to make it through my life in a way that pleases God. And he's going to come back and get me and take me to paradise why do I need anything else? Sounds like I'm golden. I think I'm just going to moonwalk for the rest of my life. It's like, what are we talking about here? And not only is he saying to add this big, old, this big old pack list to your faith, but he's really fired up about it, y'all. So I want to show you this. If you still have it open, check this out. If you don't, don't worry, I'm going to read it. He says, for this reason, for this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith. And then he gives the list. He said, if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they'll keep you from being, several things, ineffective, unproductive. Whoever doesn't have them is nearsighted and blind. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> and, and they're forgetful. They forget that they've, that they've been cleansed from their past sins. He says, therefore, brothers and sisters, make every effort. There's that word again. Okay, that phrase, make every effort, it's one Greek word. And the word means hurry up with an exclamation point. It's in all caps, hurry up. And you're like, okay, hold on just a second. I, I feel like I have to solve a mystery here because I'm like, isn't this dude dying soon? Yes, he is. Isn't this his swan song? Mm-hmm, it is. Isn't this his retirement party? It's like if you went to somebody's retirement party and they're like, hurry up and refill the copier. Like the toner is low. And you're like, why do you care? You're leaving. Why do you care how we do things around the office? Like what's, Peter, your hair's on fire. Like, what is happening? He is super fired up about this. And he's like, by the way, you need to do this because if you don't, then you're idle and you're unfruitful and you're nearsighted and you're blind and you're forgetful. And you're like, dude, relax. 
Like this is a retirement party. You're supposed to be having fun. We're supposed to be clapping at every other word. You're supposed to have like a ring that makes you invisible at the end of this or whatever. And then you go to Rivendell. Like this is so weird that you're so fired up. So I was trying to think about this. It felt to me like a mystery to be solved. Why is he so fired up when he's leaving? He's dying soon. He's leaving. And by the way, if you kept reading the book of 2 Peter, you would find out that one of the things he is most on about is that Jesus is coming back any minute. That's like the whole thing in chapter 3. He's like, there's all these people that are saying, well, when's Jesus coming back? Y'all keep talking about this all the time, but we don't see him coming back. And Peter's like, don't listen to him. He's coming back. Oh, he's coming back. And by the way, the only reason he hasn't come back yet is because he's super patient and he wants tons and tons of people to get saved because he loves him a lot, but he's coming back. And when he does, it's going to be like a lightning flash. It's going to be like a thief in the night. You're going to be like, whoa, all my stuff's gone. <laughs> like Jesus is coming back. It's like the whole of chapter 3. And you're like, okay. I feel like there's a mystery to be solved. Why is Peter so upset? And this is just a little thing about me. I love a good mystery. Like Sherlock Holmes, Agatha Christie, Scooby-Doo, all these. I love a good mystery. So let's look at all the clues. A guy is dying soon. He's leaving this world. He's giving his swan song. He's really fired up about the fact that Jesus is coming back any minute. And yet... And he's just told us, you've been given everything you need. All your sins have been forgiven. God is literally helping you through the hardest stuff in your life. Jesus is going to swoop down and save you and take you to paradise. And you might think, I'm good. And he's like, no, 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 no. Hurry up and get packed. And you're like, get packed? Aren't we leaving? Yes. Wait, isn't Jesus coming back any minute? Any minute. Aren't you dying? Oh, yeah, I'm dying. So what's the deal? Okay, so this is, my, this is what I think after I've conducted my investigation. I think I've solved the mystery. We have to get packed up with this stuff because this is stuff we're going to need there. These are things that you need to grow in and I need to grow in for where we're going. Okay? I want you to think about this for a second. I am good. I'm forgiven. I'm being helped through my life. I have the promise of heaven. No one can ever take, me, take that away from me. I'm good. And in fact, if heaven was just me and Jesus, I'm good. I don't even really need to grow. Everything's done. You know what the problem is? Y'all are going to be there too. I mean, don't hear me say that's a problem. <laughs> the thing is, is that the heaven you're going to is people-y. There are people there. And everything that I need to grow in on this list becomes much more critical when you add one ingredient to me being fine, which is other human beings. You know, the only thing that you have right now that's going to cross over into heaven is relationships. That's it. You know what's really interesting? You know what Peter does not say? Dying guy, a guy that's about to die, a guy that's really on about the fact that Jesus is coming back soon, he does not say, guys, you super need to grow in your money management skills. <laughs> he doesn't say that even a little bit. He never had any. And he doesn't care. It's not going with him. Absolutely zero of it. Don't hear me saying money management is unwise. I'm not saying it's unwise. I think it's very wise. If you have people you're responsible for, by all means, be good at money management. Money management. That's not right. <laughs> By all means, be good at it. But the dying guy that's telling us Jesus is coming back any second now, he's not saying to you, guys, you know where you need to grow? In your money management. 
Guys, Jesus is coming back any minute. I'm going to be dead soon. Whatever you do, whatever you do, grow in taking care of your personal property. Super doesn't say that. He doesn't care. He never had any. And it, he didn't take it with him. And none of us are taking any of ours with us either. Amen? Hey, this is a super basic tenet of our faith. We're not taking any of this stuff with us. I hope you have fun taking care of all your stuff. You only get it here. That's if nobody's told you, you only get it here. Peter did not say, hey, Jesus is coming back any second. I'm a dead man soon. This is my going away speech. Whatever you do, whatever you do, make sure that you grow a whole lot in your raging fight for our personal freedoms. You won't find that in the New Testament, guys. I understand that's a thing people are super fighting about. And they're very excited about it and very fired up about it. It's not the religion of the New Testament. Not even a little bit. And Peter didn't care about it. And you're not going to care about it when you cross over. You're not taking any of them with you. He did not say, Jesus come back any second. I'm a dead man soon. Whatever you guys do, make sure that you are growing, growing in your devotion to your nationality. Sorry. It's just not there. Psalm 2, it says, when the king takes over his kingdom, he is going to dash the nations like pottery. The book of Revelation says that when everybody's there, there will be people from every tongue, tribe, and nation. But their flags won't be there. The flags will be over. That's not me saying I don't care about the United States. I do. That's not me saying I don't, that I don't honor those who have fought for our freedoms and our flag. I do. I'm so thankful. And, and I pray for them and the whole thing. But what I'm saying to you is we're not crossing over with it. Amen? It's not going to be there. A dying man who is encouraging us about what to grow in is saying the only thing in this world that you are going to take with you into the next one is relationships with people. That's it. You've been given everything you need. You are good. Your sins are forgiven. You have divine help for every hard thing in your life. Jesus is coming back to get you. You got that for free. Amen and amen. But the place you're going for free, you're going to have relationships there. And the one thing you want to be good at is healthy relationships. And so you're going to need goodness. And you're going to need the teachings and the words of Jesus. And you're going to need self-restraint, self-control. And you're going to need endurance and perseverance. You're going to need your devotion to this faith. You're going to need mutual affection and you're going to need love. I know that some of this may feel like a hard word. I hope it doesn't feel like too hard of a word, the idea that we need to grow. Because one of the things that's true about us is no matter how long you've been working with, walking with Jesus, you still need to grow. Amen? Yes. Even, even a dude like the Apostle Paul, if you watch his words throughout his life, as he wrote letters, the first time he wrote a letter, he said, I am the least of the apostles. At the very last one he wrote, he said, I'm the very worst person who has ever lived in my entire life. <laughs> the more he got to know himself, the, the less he thought about his awesomeness. And, and the more he realized how much he needed to grow and how much he needed Jesus. We need to grow. A life with Jesus, some of it is like on a treadmill. If you stand still, you're going backwards. You gotta keep growing to move forward, to grow in strength, to grow in your relationship. The only thing we're taking with us is relationships. So we need to get packed up. Amen? 
a dying man, I think about Peter and I think about the fact that I bet you anything, if you asked this dying man, hey, Peter, tell me about your Mount Rushmore, your four favorite memories of your life. I guarantee you every single one of them would be plural and not singular. He's probably not going to say that one time I sat on my back porch with my coffee in my hand and it was just me. It's going to be some moment in some relationship, some laugh, some journey, some mission, some goof off, something. I was also thinking about our Lord Jesus this, this week and just how he had none of the things that our modern society considers a successful life. He didn't have a big house. He didn't have a successful career spanning decades. He didn't have a great sex life. Sorry, he didn't. He didn't have a bunch of money. He didn't have any stuff. You know what he had a ton of? Jesus, our Lord, had a ton of great friends. Because it's the only thing you get to take with you. Your relationships, your healthy relationships and friendships. It's what we're taking with us. It's what we need to get packed up in. It's why we need to grow. You're good. Jesus is taking care of everything that you need. You and he are fine. Now let's grow so we can be good friends. Amen? Amen. Lord Jesus, thank you for this morning. Thank you for the chance to look at maybe a hard word, maybe a challenging word, but help us to have the humility to face the fact that we need to grow. Help us to face the fact that um, it is going to be good for us to continue and continue and continue to get packed up with the thing that we need most, which is what we're going to need when we're there at home in heaven, which is how to be a friend, how to walk in my life alongside other people. Thank you that we're going to a place where we are going to still have healthy relationships. We're going to know each other and we're going to continue to grow alongside each other. Help us to have a heart that is ready to grow. We love you. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. I could pick a hundred pockets, put your picture in a locket, hold open every door or slam them in your face. I could put it on the table, flick the finger in the middle. I could show you I'm unstable or offer up some grace, but not with these hands, not with these hands, not with these hands, could I fix my own heart? No, not with these hands, not with these hands, no, not with these hands, could I fix my own heart? I could hail down a taxi, touch your arm in the backseat I could point out exactly where you wanna go I could comfort you in sadness or enable you to madness I could teach the master class on pissing people off But not with these hands Not with these hands Not with these hands Could I fix my own heart? Unless you're having fun